You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, fashion lovers. Welcome to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller Young, and I have a really special guest for you today. Isaac Mizrahi has been a leader in the fashion industry for almost 30 years. Since his first collection in 1987, his designs have come to stand for timeless cosmopolitan style. Isaac has been awarded four CFDA awards, including a special one in 1986 for his groundbreaking documentary, Unzipped. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but it's an amazing sort of quintessential portrait of the young New York designer, and it's now celebrating its 20th anniversary. He's the man who put the Target in Target, launching the first capsule collection for the brand in 2003, giving birth to what's now ubiquitous high-low collaboration we see everywhere. He serves as a designer and creative director for his many collections, including Isaac Mizrahi Live, which he sells on QVC. And he's no stranger to TV or books. He was the head judge on Project Runway All-Stars for Lifetime, a co-host of the fashion show for Bravo, and hosted his own series for both Oxygen and the Style Network. And you knew this was coming. Isaac Mizrahi loves dogs. And that's what we're going to talk with him about today. When we return, we'll learn more about his own adorable pet collection, some great stories about his dogs, Harry and Dean, and how they inspire him and his creative process. But first, we'll take a short break from our sponsor. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back after a short pause. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller-Young, and we're here with iconic fashion designer, filmmaker, author, Isaac Mizrahi. Hi, Isaac. Hi. How are you, Jody? I'm great. How are you doing today? We're great, actually. By we, Good. I mean the team, actually, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> well, we're really, really excited to talk with you today. Bark and Swagger is all about pet fashion and style. 
So we're mm-hmm. talking dogs. <laughs> and the natural place to start is to tell us about your two babies, Harry and Dean. How did they come into your okay. life? Well, you know, I mean, at some point about, well, a long time ago in 2000, the end, towards the end of 2000, I felt sort of ready to be a dad, you know, a father of a dog, to kind of rescue a dog. And um, at the time, a friend of mine, Kitty Hawks, actually, who is a wonderful advocate of dog shelters and dog rights in general, yeah. having, you know, kind of her fingers in a lot of different shelters, kind of did a lot of legwork, you know, both by herself and with me. We kind of went around and looked at a lot of different dogs, and I kept meeting them, and it was kind of like a struggle because, you know, you love something about a dog, you and then suddenly you want the dog, and then it's not available. Or you meet a dog, and you're not sure, and by the time you decide, he's been adopted, you know. Yeah. So that's what we went through for a few months, and it was like, a, it, it's a very emotional thing to adopt a dog. It's a very kind of a big step. And then finally, around Christmas time of that year of 2000, Kitty called and said, oh, you know, show up to this cocktail party because I have a good feeling. I think there's going to be all the best dogs and, you know, every fabulous kind of rescue dog is going to be there and you will have a giant pool of beautiful pups. And so I got there a little early and I remember, you know, I was expecting to see like all these dogs and Kitty said, I have your dog, right? But just as though she knew something, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it was so funny. Out came Harry and she was right. I looked at that dog and I was like, oh yeah, that's my dog. It's funny. You really (laughs) do know, you know, there's a weird sense of, you know, finding each other. And part of it, of course, was because Harry seemed very like, well, for one thing, so gorgeous, like the most gorgeous. He is a handsome boy. Yeah. He's a handsome boy. and um, But the other thing was that he seemed very aloof, you know, like he didn't seem to kind of be as needy as some of the other dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. He had this aloof quality. Of course, the minute I got him home, he was like, you know, mush, right? He dissolved into the most needy kind of thing. But <laughs> meeting him was good because he kind of, eh, you know, who are you? You know, that kind of thing. And it was me. I was the one who was madly in love with him. And so, you know, we played around a little bit, and the next day I went to pick him up, and that was that. I remember the, the, the idea that I walked him home from sort of all the way uptown where the shelter was to my apartment on 12th Street, and I remember him walking in, and him, like, actually, like, walking into the apartment, and, like, you know, he got so excited when he came in. I didn't exactly know what that was about. Like, he seemed kind of normal, and then the minute he got into the apartment, he was, like, thrilled to be there. Like, he was wagging his tail and, like, you know, running up and down the apartment and it was Aww. very sweet it was like oh yeah i like this place hooray Aww. i like this place <laughs> very very cool and and i read that you came up with harry's name in like sort of a funny and literal sort of way yes i did i kind of like well i thought when i first met him that he was very hairy and happy and it seemed like those two words together hairy and happy led to the name harry and i'm not totally exactly was. sure how that did in my brain, but you know, these things just take place in your brain. It's organic, you know. The creative process, who can explain it? It's, it is, it's really true. <laughs> and then Dean, you know, Dean who is significantly younger than Harry, but not that young anymore. He's, I would say, nine and a half, mm-hmm. going on ten, which is, you know, kind of middle-aged for a dog. Yeah. And he came about when Arnold, about nine years ago, rescued him. And Arnold just went out. He didn't even consult. He didn't even talk to Harry. He didn't talk to me. He didn't do anything. He just kind of went out one day. He 
ready. And he actually, there was a dog that he almost got. We keep referring to her as Lupita. She was Lupita. And somehow he lost Lupita. I don't know how that happened. Aww. but. That, but it wasn't was, meant to be, obviously. It was not meant to be. And then, weirdly, a week later, he just came in with Dean, who is literally, you know, this kind of heartbreakingly cute dog. I mean, Dean is so pretty. Dean is crazily cute. You're a little He's beagle also, guy. Yeah. Yes. Also a huge loudmouth, you know, like he barks a lot. And it's pretty jarring and upsetting. But when you get into it, it becomes kind of hilarious. And I keep, like, thinking about the fate that befalls these dogs who bark a lot, you know, and I get so scared for them. Yeah. And I <laughs> would like to encourage people to just bear with the barking because there's a lot of love on the other side of that. And there's a lot of, like, humor on the other side of that, do you know? The yeah, barking. it's so true. I mean, we have one, too. We've got a big barker, and we've tried absolutely everything. I'm sure you've tried a bunch of everything. different things with Dean. Everything. Yeah, and but she's a sweetheart. So, and I'm sure you're right. I'm sure a lot of people give dogs up because they just can't handle it. But uh, there are big talkers, and there are people who are the quiet and shy types, and it's the same with dogs, I guess. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, and they kind of run my life. You know, they really do run my life. I realize that since you know when I first got Harry, every time I had to part from him was like a nightmare. That was before I had this wonderful assistant. So for about a year before I had my darling assistant, Sam, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, kind of have to leave him at a shelter to sort of board him or whatever. And it was very difficult for me, but I did it. You know, when you have to work, you have to work. Um, Eventually I got Sam and Sam would live with Harry if I was away. And then I was talking to Kitty again, like, you know, five or six years into it. And I was like, Kitty, I never want to leave this dog. And if I never had to go away again, I would be really happy about that. You know, like, how do you, do it? How do you plan a trip? And she was like, you don't. You just don't. You know, you don't go away. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a really good answer. And it seems crazy, but it becomes this thing where you just want to be with them if you have any time. You know? I know. I um, know. I feel the same way. Nutty. But it makes yeah. a huge yeah. difference when you have someone you trust who can live with them. I mean, when we go away, we have that too. And you can call Sam and check in on, on Harry and Dean every day. And you can even Skype with that's them right. if you want. Right? You know, it's yes. just it's peace yes. of mind, yes. right? I'm very lucky because, you know, I met Sam. He started working for me, and then literally 10 years later, he left, and I got another lovely young man called Luke, and now Luke kind of stays with them all the perfect. time, and he's equally as wonderful, yeah. So, perfect, but I mean, perfect. You see what I mean? It is really the big difference, and I'm sure people feel that way about their kids, you know, like, yeah. how do you leave your kids unless you're sure that the people are, are really responsible and love them as much as yes. you love them, or exactly. close, yeah. Exactly. Which leads perfectly into my next question. I thought this was a really kind of interesting article that Matthew Reinhold did in Paper Magazine about why fashion people's pets are becoming their spirit guides, if you will. And you and Harry, of course, were in it. And you Mm -hmm. talked about how close a connection you and Harry have, which you've just been talking about. How does that sort of closeness manifest itself besides not being able to leave him? Like, how do you sort of, yeah, that such strong bond where you almost feel like you're spirit guides for each other? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because I can't account for that necessarily. I mean, a dog is just way smarter than you in some ways. You know, I mean, Dean, by the way, Dean is so crazy smart. I mean, 
he likes ice cubes. Harry doesn't like ice cubes, but Dean likes ice cubes. And there's this thing I do at the beach, you know, there's this farm stand I go to, and I really like the lettuce, you know, that they have at this farm stand. And one of the lettuces that I buy all the time is arugula. This is a very long story, but... And when I, you know, when I clean the lettuce, I usually put it in a bowl and soak it with ice, right? While, like, Dean, when he smells the arugula, when I come in from the farm stand, he knows he's getting ice. He, like, when he smells the arugula, he goes to the ice, he stands by the ice maker. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. And I cut the arugula, put it in a bowl of water, and fill it with ice. I mean, it's crazy. So he's the smartest thing in the world. (laughs) Dean knows that... I am not necessarily the guy who went to the shelter to pick him up. That would be Arnold. So he kind of like favors Arnold, of course, because Arnold is the guy who got him from the shelter and brought him home. And Arnold loves Dean. And I would say, though, that I spend more time with Dean than Arnold because, I don't know, I write a lot. I'm in my studio a lot. The dogs are in the studio. And yet, like, Dean favors Arnold. Like, it's the fun. He knows that Arnold is the guy. He never forgets that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Isn't you'll that never, never get that. You'll never. And the thing is, and, and Harry knows that I'm the guy who went to the shelter to get him. And so yeah. Harry, like, is devoted to me in this crazy way. And I can't, you know, of course, I feed them off the table. I do all the things you're not supposed to do. And they love me for all the wrong, probably all the wrong reasons, which is like, you know, because I'm the food wagon. As Arnold refers to me, <laughs> I am the food wagon. You know, it's like they see me and they know they're going to get a treat of some sort. And so, like, I have to say, like, that's probably a lot of why they feel so close to me. Why <laughs> Following you around for the scraps, right? <laughs> so I do think it all begins and ends with food, you know, for a dog. Um, but Absolutely. then that said, maybe that's what kind of set the whole thing up. But then, like, after a while, they really do kind of, like, begin to communicate with you on these deep, deep levels that seem almost more than human levels, you know, like mm-hmm. deep, deep, basic, deep levels, you know, and I can't really explain that. Harry is incredibly smart. If I'm writing, he knows when I'm finished. He will start, he'll start stirring minutes before I'm about to finish, you know, oh, I mean, wow. I don't know how he knows that. He just knows that crazy, crazy things like that, you know? Yeah. Real connection. Yeah. yeah. Very, very interesting. I think also with shelter dogs, especially because we have one that we got years before we realized that we should never buy a dog. So we got one from yeah, the feeder. Exactly. And, and then our most recent acquisition to the family is, is a shelter dog who we rescued from animal care and control in, in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And he just can't tell us enough how much he appreciates us taking oh, him yes. into our home and our lives. So I think it's mm-hmm. especially true of the shelter dogs. Do you find that too? I, absolutely, absolutely. The other thing I've got to talk about for one second is a mixed breed versus a pure breed. I mean, uh-huh. I think a mixed breed, please, I mean, I'm sorry to like be, what's the word, like dogist, but, you know, or like, <laughs> you know, speciesist or something. But I do think a mixed breed is just smarter, healthier, sweeter. I mean, I'm not kidding. There's something about the mixed breeds, the mixed breed dogs that they don't, they're not as particular and like, mm-hmm. what's the word, picky. They're just easy, you know? And I'm not talking about like Harry, by the way, Harry, from the day I got him, he's like a sort of self-feeder. He's not an overeater at all. He eats what he needs to eat and that's it. I mean, of course, unless you're talking about like chicken or fish or something or like pork. The high I mean, value like, stuff. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it is kibble. Like, the two dogs are so different in that way. You could put a plate of kibble down any time of the day or night, and Dean will finish it, you know? 
He yeah. goes right to it and just, whereas like Harry's like, yeah, the kibble, I'll get to that when I'm hungry, you know? He's like a self-feeder. So I'm yeah. not talking necessarily about like that aspect of it. Like, I don't think that mixed breed dogs are like more voracious eaters. Or something. I just think that they're like smarter, more resourceful. I swear to you, I just do. I feel like their brains are slightly bigger, you know? Maybe not as high strung. Certainly, they tend to be not healthier. I mean, studies have shown that, yeah. you know, they tend to be healthier because there's not all that inbreeding and yes. breeding for yes. particular yes. traits and all that craziness that goes on in the purebred world. So, I think you're right yes. about a lot of that. Let's talk fashion a little bit, okay? Uh, sure, 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 sure. Let's talk your pet collection, which I love. Um, <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's wonderful. Some of my faves are, I love the paint splatter dress and hoodie that you did. I love the blue floral of dot series. The gold I and the floral it. dot shoe it. toys. I love those shoe toys. They're fantastic. Me too. They're so good. They're Aren't so they adorable? Good. Yeah, I love them, love them. Yes. So Thank the you. big Thank question... You. <laughs> the big question is, do Harry and Dean ever wear pet fashion? Oh, of course they do. Absolutely. <gasps> Yay! I mean, a lot of, a lot, yeah, a lot of the fashions are a little too girly for the boys, but, yes. you know, we've done, like, sweaters and things that Dean wears, especially Dean, because Dean seems to be the right size, where Harry gets a little bit too big. Also, you know, Harry's a little old, and so he feels a little sort of mutton-dressed as lamb in those clothes. They're a little oh, too yeah. young for him. Yeah. yeah. He actually kind of like, like at this point, he's into sort of, you know, the uh, the Talbots of the world or something, you know, opposed <laughs> to the kind of young stuff that we do, yeah, for dogs. But Are there any favorite pieces that you have for Dean or, you know, maybe stuff well, for winter the, the when it gets cold up there? Have, yeah. Well, the best thing that I have that Dean has of mine, that isn't from a recent collection, it's from an older collection that I did from Target, but it is definitely my favorite thing I've ever done, which is this kind of blue sweater. It's like a Hanukkah sweater. It's a blue sweater with a big white Jewish star on it. I love it. Most hilarious. Me too. I love it. I love it. It's like his Jewish, you know, he goes back to his Jewish roots when he wears that sweater. But Do you have a picture of Dean in that sweater, Isaac? I do. I'm sure I do. Yes. You've you got to send that to us so we can show everybody. I will do. I will Perfect. do. The other unbelievable thing I have, and I don't know where I'll find a picture of this because this is so, such a long time ago. I knit myself a sweater and Harry a matching sweater. And oh, it was I really love that too. Knitting. Yeah. His has like a big red H on it, you know, for Harry. And yeah. mine has a big red I on it. And it's like, oh. you know, when we used to wear the sweater together, we would like, you know, it would say hi which was a good thing. <laughs> that's I true. That's true. Yeah, that's but, very yeah, cute. It's, true. It it's the taking the ensemble thing better. the whole nine yards. That's right. That's right. That's right. So did Arnold take a picture of you and Harry in the matching sweaters? Because if you had that, too, that would you be awesome. You know what? It might even have been before Arnold's time. Because I got Harry, mm-hmm. you know, like even before. That's how I met Arnold. Right. Oh, you met yeah. Arnold through Harry. Yes, I did. I got Harry. And, um, you know, he's a kind of a border collie mix. Mm-hmm. And they are very incredibly smart, like wildly yes. smart, and also incredibly wildly high strung. You know, like he needed a lot of exercise, that boy. And I could never, I could never give him quite enough exercise. Like if he was on a farm, just running around after sheep all day long, literally all day long from <laughs> dawn to like midnight, he would still have too much energy. I mean, he was so. I used to take him all the time to like dog runs and places and walks. I mean, I walked that boy more, and it was great. Because because it got me out and about, too, you know? Yeah. And one day, I came 
for this meeting at a lawyer's office, and I was dressed up in a suit, and I was running late, and I ran out with Harry because he was a little late, and I was walking and walking with Harry in the village, and I met Arnold. That's how I met Arnold. Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, dogs are the best way to meet people and significant others, aren't they? I mean... Yes, yes. They are. I mean, because of the physical act of getting out of the house and walking around the blocks four times a day or three times a day, whatever, that's like the, that's the mere physical part of it, but... I have to say this, and, and you know, it sounds a little kind of like new age or something like that, but I swear to you, before I had Harry, I didn't quite understand how, like, sort of things might work in this kind of exchange, you know, this kind of like close exchange, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he just came to live with me, and I remember like the first week, it was an hour or two in the first week where I felt absolutely claustrophobic, like, what have I done with my life? Why did I do this, you know? It's yeah. like I cut off my wings or something, like, am I nuts? But then after the first week, it was bliss, like such bliss, you know? And such a closeness and such a dear, sweet kind of thing, and like, it kind of informs you. You just don't know sometimes like what the whole subject, the implications of the subject of love, right? Like, ah, very know, interesting. You yeah. Far, you look at it from afar and it's not like something that actually you can grasp, right? But you then all of a sudden you're, you grasp this thing about like how you can love somebody. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're able to. It's just weird. Like, mm-hmm. I really believe that because I was... 39 or 38 when I got Harry, and I was 39 when I met Arnold. That's late in life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's because of the dog. And granted, you know, granted, Jody, I was very involved, and I'm always very involved. My work is still, like, the most important thing to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and for some reason, it wasn't an issue. Harry didn't care that my work was so important. Yeah. He didn't judge me. It was just all of a sudden, there was another subject in my life besides TV production and fashion and all that. Yeah. So, like, maybe it opened I, your heart to no. other possibilities, which was why Arnold came in at that time, too. You never know. Absolutely. You never 100%, know, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, you've also said that having one of the dogs in the room when you're creating is like having a safety net, too. It Explain is. what you mean by that. Well, you know, um, in order to focus, whether it's writing or sketching or anything you're planning or designing or creating, you kind of have to, like, leave the world for however long you're going to be in that sort of state while you're doing it, right? Mm, I mean, I'm not saying it's this crazy kind of other state. I'm just saying it's a state of concentration and focus, right? And it is a little bit scary, and people do all sorts of things like, you know, drink or something. You know, they drink too much. And I see that. I understand that. And I never judge that because that's part of a process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drink and I eat too many cookies and stuff. But somehow, like, when you have the dogs with you, it, it's just much easier because they're there even though they're not there, you know? They're in the room with you. So it kind of, it's like a default. It's like you're not exactly 100% alone, you know? Mm, you just yeah, yeah. Like a happy little presence in the room that makes it a little bit less scary to kind of just divorce yourself. And by the way... When I speak about this kind of fear of leaving and then going into this deep kind of concentration, I speak of it loving. It's like, you know, it's what I do. It doesn't bother me, but it is, it is a drawback. And then once you're in it, by the way, once you are working, just not to speak about dogs for one second, once you are actually concentrated in the middle of sort of, you know, kind of doing a bunch of sketches or writing something nice, you're like, you know, you're in there and it's nothing's better. 
You know, nothing's better. It's just crossing over that's a little scary. And, you know, that's why a dog is so great or a cat. Yeah, the bridge. The bridge. The bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Um, that you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, you write and you create things and you know what I'm talking about. And I design pet fashion, too. So not as much as I did, but, yeah, I totally get what you mean. I have to talk about this one New York Fashion Week a few years ago that I thought was just so incredible what you did, how you incorporated the poodle in such a creative way. The dogs, the cakes that were carried in on the platters, the designs all matched. What inspired you and why poodles? You know, I mean, I really do love the memory of that show. I do love having made that show because it was the most sort of, it was a big departure. You know, it was like, who cares? You know, who cares? I'm not going to think about this. I'm just going to do what I think right now, which is make cakes that match clothes that match poodles, you know? (laughs) And I don't know where I got that idea that the three things were related. I don't know if they are related, but to me in that moment, those three things were so related, you know? Poodles, cakes, and these dresses I was making. You made them related. You made them work so beautifully together, right? To the the hairdos. Yes, thank you. And you know, I'll tell you, it was such a trend on Twitter right after that show. People were tweeting about it. And uh, and I got a lot of like crazy tweets about how could you dye dogs and blah, blah, and different things. And of course, I mean, you realize that all of those dyes I used were natural dyes from vegetables. They didn't hurt the dogs. And I was obsessed that people would actually think that I would actually hurt a dog, you know, in that way. And of course, that was one of the first considerations, you know. And that's fine. And all those, by the way, all of those poodles, every single one of them were rescue poodles. So there's Yay! Another. That's wonderful. Know, exactly. Very, very cool. And so you had those great little puff hairdos on the models. Yes, <laughs> that was, it was just true, the yeah. coolest thing ever. Didn't you grow up with a poodle too? You have an affinity I for did, the poodle? I did, yes. I did. Speaking of highly strong dogs, that dog was really highly strong to the point where he would like attack us all the time, you know? And we lived with him for, I don't know, a long, many years, like five or six years until finally, like, it just was obvious that he didn't like kids, this dog, and he was not happy. And finally, my parents took him to a place you know, to an older couple who lived in the country, which sounded years later like a euphemism for like, you know, they took him somewhere to put him down, but they didn't. They actually, my mother tells me like to this day, they actually took him to this farm in the country with these two old people who love poodles. And it was a very happy ending for Pom Pom, you know, like because Pom Pom just was not well suited to to our family. I mean, like, sadly, I don't like to think about that, but no, but it happens. It, yeah, happens. Exactly. it happens. It yeah. happened with us, too. And luckily, too. happy ending, you know? Yes, it, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. Now, you mentioned to my friend Suzanne Donaldson, a.k.a. Mrs. Sizzle, that uh-huh. Harry resembles, who we love, that Harry resembles a certain iconic movie star of old. Who is it? Yes. And why do you think that? <laughs> well, Errol Flynn. Ah, yeah, I think he has the same kind of coloring as Errol Flynn, who is sort of almost like a gingery, kind of light brown, gingery blonde. Mm-hmm. And also, he has that kind of little snout about him, you know? Errol Flynn always had a snout, which I thought looked like. That's Harris. true. Yeah, <laughs> also very light on his feet, beautifully proportioned body, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's, absolutely, I see it. Yeah. I get if it. Harry could have a dashing little mustache, he would have. 
<laughs> what about Dean? If Dean could be sort of like a, a famous person, who would he remind you of? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, Dean has a different kind of personality. He yeah. has like a sort of Jacques Tati-ish kind of quality about him that I like. You know, like uh, Monsieur Hulot or something, right? <laughs> that's who I think about. Dean has a kind of absurd quality to him. Not as elegant in that way, elegant mm-hmm. in a different way, in a quirky way, you know? I and I do you. think there's a very good, it's a very good sort of parallel, this idea of like Monsieur Hulot or something, or Jacques Tati, one of those characters on the beach, you know, in, uh, <laughs> in that fabulous takes place on the beach in France. I forgot what it's called. Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, yeah. Okay. Okay, great, great. Now, also, I've read something about you and Arnold's challenges with parenting style. I have mine. We all have our challenges with parenting and training and all that stuff. Yes. Do you and Arnold yeah. have similar parenting styles? Because I know my husband and I don't, and it drives me a little crazy. No, we don't. We do not have similar parenting styles. What's we it don't. like in your house? It's funny because it's our one source of, like, discord between us, me and Arnold, you know? Like, if we ever fight, it's always about some it's always bad the way that I do think the dogs, like, feed them off the table or, you know, indulge them. Dean loves to sleep in the bed, and I love when Dean sleeps in my bed, and Ar- Arnold does not like it. And, you know, I mean, like, I completely understand Arnold is right, actually. I'm sure he's right. You know, I'm sure you're not supposed to indulge dogs in this way. But, you know, it's like you're walking down the street, and you see, like, a bag man, and he needs money, and you go, like, no, I'm not giving you money, because you're going to do this, you're going to sell, you buy drugs, this thing. And I think, oh, you know what? Like, shut up, just give the guy $10, because he's the pain in whatever way you can, you know? And I think about these dogs who have had such bad formative experiences, and I go, you know what? Give the dog a little chicken, for Christ's sake, you know? I mean, how bad could that be? And I'm sure it's pretty bad, but I don't know. (laughs) I'm a little too empathetic. It's like, I go, yeah, now, I'm putting myself in this dog's place, and all I ever eat is kibble, you know? Like, oh, come on. The dog Give me a break. Food. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. right, right. You know, I'm No, sorry. I'm, I'm a total That's softie, too. I'm a total softie. Yeah. And they sleep in the bed yeah. with us. And, yeah, yeah, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So, yes. you're, are you still I, a morning I, swimmer? I do. I swim. You know, when, I, when I'm, you know, it's funny because the only pool that I like to swim in is this Olympic one in the city at my gym. You know, it's a big pool. And I do, like, you know, about, I don't know, half a mile or three quarters of a mile. Maybe a mile if I have an hour, you know, 40 minutes or something. But usually it's about half a mile. And I would do it if I was in the city every day. But I'm only in the city now, like it seems, three or four mornings a week. So that's how many times I swim usually, like three or four times a week. But I love to swim. And I have a small pool in Bridgehampton, and we use that. But it's not the same as doing laps. And Dean does love to do laps. I was just going to ask you, do the dogs go swimming? Yeah. Absolutely, completely. Awesome. No, Harry doesn't. Harry will never go in that pool ever. He has never been in. He fell in once. He fell in, which Uh-oh. was terrifying. Aww. But it was quite hilarious, also at the same time. Hilarious and terrifying. But that was the one time he was ever in the pool. Harry likes the ocean a lot. Where Dean didn't have a reaction to the ocean. Harry had an ecstatic reaction to the ocean. You know. Interesting. Interesting. It's just like people, just like kids, different personalities. Anything yes. you can tell us, because I know that you need to go. Anything yes, that you I can do. tell us about upcoming plans for the pet collection or working again with dogs and women's campaigns. Anything. Well, you know, I'll tell you. I, I um, uh, here's one thing. On October 10th in the fall, there's a wonderful event that I absolutely adore in East Hampton. 
it's the Arf Walk to the Sea, and it's all these incredible dogs who get together at this fabulous farm, and they raise money for Arf. And I actually, you know, usually contribute this artwork that is takes, you know, that is on the bags and on the T-shirts, etc. And I've done this like sort of little drawing of Dean that's going on the uh, that's going to go on the uh-huh. the T-shirts and the bags and the flyers, etc. And I'm very proud of it. And I love that event. I literally look forward to that event every year. And that's what that's that's one thing. That's that. That's that. wonderful. And ARF is an amazing, amazing organization. So that sounds know, really cool. We look forward ARF. to seeing that. We definitely look forward to seeing that. It's been so great Thank having you, you with us, Isaac. Thank you Me so too. much. Me too. Thank not, you. not at all. I'm thrilled. It's been so much fun to talk with you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Thanks to our producer, Mark Winter, who makes us sound so good. My passion is fashion. So tune in next time to discover the designers, styles, and home decor I love. And don't forget to visit me at BarkAndSwagger.com where you'll find great fashion stories and more. So until next time, when fierce fashion calls, Bark and Swagger. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.